I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, Tim Sylvie here. Now, before I introduce today's guest, I'm massively excited to be joined by a shiny new guest host. Chris McCarthy. Chris commentates alongside another of our hosts, Harry Benjamin, and he's covered the likes of Formula 3, Posh Super Cup, and the 24 Hours of Le Mans. Chris, pleasure to have you here. How are you feeling about your debut? Presumably, this is the highlight of your most sport career so far. Of course, of course. This is the thing I did most preparation for over 24 Hour Le Mans as well. No, thank you for having me on, Tim. It's uh, yeah, real, real pleasure to, to be on the show. Um, yeah, Harry's told me a lot about it. I've tuned in a, it, plenty of times, so thank you for having me on. Uh, absolute pleasure. What, what are you up to at the moment then? Bit of Formula 3 and other bits and pieces? Yeah, so uh, I'm going to, uh, me and Harry are both obviously commentating Formula 3 and Porsche Super Cup this year, which is now in full swing, uh, Formula 3. Obviously, they just went down under for the first time. Uh, the next round is is at Imola. Um, and I'm also going to be commentating for the third season uh, on the Formula Regional European Championship by Alpine, the championship with the longest name. Yeah, uh, so Frecker is what... Frecker is what we call it. Frecker, uh, that's hideous. But by the way, have you got a, um, you know how... Crofty's got lights. Is it lights out? No. What is it? What's Crofty? It's lights out and away lights we go. Lights out and away we go. And <laughs> yeah. Harry's got his little thing. What's What's your starting thing? Um, I I to be honest, I don't really have a, a fancy one. Uh, I I haven't really got one just just yet. I feel I, like you need that. I, I, I tend to say just we are go or you know, we're, we're off away or something like that. Yeah, whatever feels natural at the time, we're underway. Yeah, I, I don't really have one, but I'll, I'll keep that in mind for when uh, Frecker goes racing in, uh, in two weeks uh, at oh, Imola. Dear. So, um, yeah, but yeah, it's going to be great fun to be back there again. And the 24 hour Le Mans as well for yeah. the centenary. It's going to be, wow. uh, I okay. couldn't even get tickets for my family to come. It was sold out straight wow. away. So, wow. Yeah. Okay, well, um, should we uh, should we go green and introduce today's guest? 
I think we should. Yeah, I think we should. I think it feels about that time. They, they've heard enough about Frecker. So, yeah, let, let, let's, get to, let's get to a driver in, shall <laughs> My we? My new favourite word. Today, I'm delighted to say we're joined by the 2019 FIA European Rally Champion and the first British rally driver in 52 years we're able to say that about. We now find him in the WRC, where he's hoping to continue his upward trajectory. He's clearly completely mental, dealing with soaring heat in the car at some races, sub-zero conditions in others, no heaters or air conditioning in these cars oh no flying through ice gravel tarmac and all manner of mad conditions at high speed often sideways sometimes at night it's a pleasure to have him here and ask what the hell he's thinking chris ingram a warm welcome to the motormouth podcast how are you great thanks tim that was probably the best intro i've ever had thanks for having me on guys yeah, so it's brilliant to have you on chris thank you for taking the time to join us so whereabouts are you joining us from today because I, mean, I know uh rally's been all over the world already so uh, whereabouts are you joining us from i'm currently back home in cheshire just uh planning for my next wrc round so i think i'm going to meet the team team manager in germany uh this weekend to discuss the plan going forward it's been uh quite a strange strange start to the season because this new Skoda's come out and it's just dominated I've been in the older car so yeah I'm trying to get my hands on the latest one otherwise there's not much point because I'm, I'm only here to win yeah yeah no we'll, well we'll come on to that a little bit later but I, w- I do want to address um, something you you touched on there you're, you're living in Cheshire you're from that part of the world you're a city fan right so I mean, are you happy with life with, with City at the moment? Are you going to beat Arsenal to the title? What What's the thinking? I'm I'm loving life being a City fan. Considering I was, you know, in school, I was one of the only few sky blue shirts. All my mates were United fans. You know, and I used to get bullied and picked on for how bad we used to be. So yeah, it's a good time to be a City fan. But I'm still not quite sure what's going to happen this season because yeah. It's, Fair play to Arsenal. They've been they've been really strong, haven't they? How good is uh, Erling? I just Erling. I can never say it. Yeah, Erling. <laughs> I struggle with his name. He's he's ridiculous, isn't he? I mean, what a beast! He's he's an alien, isn't he? Surely superhuman. But he, yeah, he's he. Surely he's going to go on to be maybe even better than Messi. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, how many goals has he scored already? About 100. It's like, He's ridiculous. <laughs> it's like 30 or 40, isn't it, already? Right. I'm a Newcastle fan. Shearer's record's going to go, isn't it? It's, it's going to be gone in like two years. So <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> uh, have City got to play Arsenal again? Is that is that something that's got to happen? That's going to be... Yeah, good. yeah. In, um, you're not, you're not racing when that's going on, are you? No, I'm going to it. I'm, 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 good, I'm buzzing for that match. It's a big one, isn't it? So, yeah. Got some tickets with one of my um, my old mechanics from Opel, who's a he's he's German, but he's a big Arsenal fan. Fair play. So um, it'll be good, be good banter. Yeah. Uh, um, whereabouts did you did you grow up there? I know you're you're a City fan. Uh, did you always grow up uh, so in Cheshire? And and what about racing? Where did that come from? Has it been part of the family all the time, or was it something you brought into it? Yeah, I grew up all around different areas of, of South Manchester. Um, my dad used to rally in the 80s when road rallying was huge at night um it didn't doesn't sound very legal now but it was a it was a massive thing back then and thousands of people used to turn up to these night rallies so um he was very successful at that he was only competing for fun most of the time he'd turn up you know late or with a hangover or he'd run out of petrol but he he was a very talented driver um and then when i was a kid he, um, I was very lucky he gave me the chance to start in a little Citroen C1 
and he, he he taught me the skills really and then i just he gave me the first push into the sport and i've sort of ran with it now as i said in the intro you and every other rally driver on the planet are completely mental do, do you ever get scared i mean the, the speeds you're reaching are ridiculous going on all these different surfaces some which are extremely loose are, are there moments where you think what the hell am i doing no it's no we are you're right i am mental i'll admit it because i never think you, you never think about that you, if you if you thought about that you you know you'd have to stop like you might have seen that Azores rally on uh, my social media where there's like a thousand foot drop uh, off, the, off the side of the road and you just flat out. And you, it's only when, you know, like yourself, you just said it, Tim, you make me think about it. You think, God, it is insane, isn't it? But it's bonkers. In the, in the moment, you never think about the dangers. You just full send. <laughs> the Finland one, that looks quite. That looks quite, that looks quite mental as well, isn't it? That one is just insane jumps. Yeah, I'd love to do that one, but it's just jump after jump and flat out. Yeah, it's, I think everyone that's into racing, you know, circuit racing, should should give rallying a try at some point, and vice versa, probably. So, have you ever given circuit racing a, a go at all when you were when you were growing up, or have you always stuck to rallying? So, um, I did a little bit of rallycross mm. growing up which is the closest thing. Um, and then last year I did a test in a Porsche uh, Carrera Cup car at Silverstone, which was probably the, the closest thing I've done to, you know, proper circuit racing. And I really enjoyed it. And I can imagine with 20 other cars on the track at the same time, it's a hell of a buzz. It's, it's a completely different buzz to rallying, but it, yeah. yeah, I can see why that's, addictive for for the circuit guys but did you did you go down the karting route at all like how, how does how does someone get into rallying because most of the people we have on this show have come karting f4 f3 f2 one or two onto f1 and others go formula e or whatever but what's what's the ladder like if you are a young guy if if you know six seven eight years old and for whatever reason back then whether it's a parent pushing you into it you think rallying is for me i don't want to go the the other route how do you, what's that ladder look like? Yeah, I didn't do any karting, to be honest, Tim. Only, you know, only the fun little places, you know, the little venues they've got, like Daytona, I think it was called. But I never did any proper karting. Um, I, I just used to ride, a, I had a few quad bikes and motorbikes. And yeah, it was always off-road in fields, driving old cars around fields, stuff like that, that, that got me into rallying and, I was never as interested in circuit racing. It was always skidding around that w- was the appeal for me. Mm, that's, I mean, it, it just sounds absolutely crazy. And you talked about going through forests and fields there. <laughs> to negotiate those, you obviously need a, a co-driver. Uh, tell us, how, how important uh, is, is your co-driver? Oh, it's, it's everything, really. You, you know, We only get to see the route twice in a road car at very slow speed when we're, make, when we're doing our recce and making the pace notes. So, you know... That's at the beginning of the week. Then when we're thrown into the rally, which is 300 kilometres long, you, you, it's a, it'd be impossible without a co-drive. You couldn't remember all those roads, all those stages. So the code in the pace notes and the timing from the co-driver is, is critical. Do you have a say in who your, your co-driver is or are you given someone when you join a team? No, it's completely up to the driver. 
Okay. And presumably a good one is quite hard to find because there's got to be a massive amount of trust there. Because I suppose, you know, I, watched, I was watching some of your YouTube videos yesterday and you can hear the co-driver in the car barking barking at you with different corners and gradients or whatever it might be. If he gets something wrong, I guess you're going to, if you know, if he says go left when it's a right and, and it's a blind corner coming up, you're going to trust him. How do you find someone that you can make sure that you get on with in and out the car and that you trust with your life when you're going around those, those courses? Luckily there are, you know, coming from the UK, there's a lot of great co-drivers here, but the more difficult part is actually the relationship you have in between stages, you know, because a lot of these guys are, they're on it. Give them a pace notebook and, you know, during the recce and they're absolutely on it they know exactly what they're doing and yeah i i definitely couldn't do that it's a hell of a, a brave role uh, but these guys are completely on it it's more of the relationship outside the car that's that's quite difficult to find because yeah the they're quite a strange breed of people, co-drivers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so tell us what, what a weekend looks like then, because I, I've always wondered this with, with rallying. I mean, we know from the single-seater drivers uh, or, or the sports car drivers we have on, they, they get to the track, do the track walk, and then free practice and then into qualifying. What, what, what about in rallying and, and how does it work with your co-driver? You said that relationship has to, has to be sort of very critical. So typically, once we've gone away... Um, on the Monday, we'll do a test with the rally car on a on a private road or a closed road, you know, maybe three to five kilometers. That's just to set the car up for the rally. Then on the Tuesday, Wednesday, sometimes also Thursday, we'll do the recce with a road car where we'll, we'll make the pace notes. Only two passes of each stage. And then um, sometimes the rally might start on Thursday night, like in, in Monte Carlo, but typically starts on Friday morning and then full day Friday, Saturday, Sunday finishes late afternoon. So uh, it's a full on week. But, um, you know, if we've done the rally before, some of the stages may be the same. So there may be extra prep we can do in the, the weeks leading up to the rally week. But because uh, I'm not quite new to WRC, it's been it's been a hell of a... Um, hell of a challenge competing against these guys that have done these rallies a dozen times so i've uh yeah i've done i think i've done really well in last year taking on the very best in wrc2 with with the little experience i've got of these these rallies and you see in rallying as well the age is so much older you know sebastian Loeb won monte carlo age 48 last year and you'd never get that in f1 would you so experience is definitely uh, a bigger thing in rallying do you have a a favorite place to go because it's it's so varied isn't it the the types of um venue that you go to you literally could be racing in snow one week followed by 30 degrees boiling hot the next what's your favorite type of of destination i don't really have a favorite I, i love all of them i think the most special is monte carlo because it's such an iconic place for you know for all motorsport and the roads you know, an hour away up in the mountain, that mountains are absolutely savage. You know, you can be, the stage could be 90% bone dry tarmac. And then at the top of the col, you'll have sheet ice, which we'll have to negotiate on slick tyres. So that is a unique challenge. 
Um, but yeah, there's loads of other amazing rallies like Portugal, Sardinia coming up. Their gravel rallies. Um, oh yeah, sorry, I should have said Monte Carlo's closed closed road tarmac. You know, public roads. Uh, you have Portugal and Sardinia are, are off road, rough, hot, dusty. Um, completely different. It's like a completely different sport, really. So that yeah, that's that's why for me rallying's the best the best challenge and the best adventure because it's all so different. Yeah, that, I was watching the Rally Monte Carlo this year. They're doing it in the night time as well. That seems like such a tough challenge. And you can just see the flashes of the cameras from the photographers as you're coming into hairpins and stuff. I mean, that, tell us what that feeling's like when you know this. I imagine you're not really focused on it, but looking back on it and seeing such a, you know, the, the amazing atmosphere they have around there, that must be, that must be really special, but also a, a tough challenge to take on. Oh, yeah, that's the, that is the best moment of the year, you know, that, the first stage is on Thursday night where there's thousands of fans just up in the middle of nowhere with flares and fireworks and the stage, the roads themselves are so long and tough. And yeah, like I said before, it could be dry and then suddenly there's a patch of ice and you you know, you're flat out on slick. So it's, it's bloody dangerous really as well. What happens when, if, if you're in the middle of a stage and your wheel falls off, or you have a mechanical issue, presumably there's no one there in a support car to come and help you because you're traveling too quickly. So do, do you have to have a degree of, of mechanical nous about you to fix certain things as they go wrong? Yeah, yeah. So we carry um, spare steering arm, uh, spare rear toe arm if we bend the rear. So, yeah, we, we, carry, we and a big toolkit in the car so we can fix, you know, if we bend something or... Most of the time, we could probably fix it, but it, it obviously can we can change your steering arm. I think it's three or f- three minutes, maybe four minutes in our practice. So in that time, you're pretty much out of the running for the win. But you know, you could go on and still maybe get a top five or something. So it's definitely worth um, practicing all that. But like, yeah, we if we get a puncher, we stop in the, the stage and change it. We could change a puncher in. One minute fifteen, me, me and my co-driver. So, yeah, there's um, it's 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 crazy, really. But yeah, you want to avoid those all those you know little mistakes because the rallies come down to seconds, even after three days. You, you said about practicing there. How often would you do a what is essentially a, a practice pit stop if you like uh, if you picked up damage is that something you you do when you get to to each event or, or do you do it in between events a quick interruption to the show to let you know about our partners at wtf1 talent are you an up-and-coming f1 content creator perhaps you're active on tiktok youtube or twitch or you're smashing it on insta then you want to listen quickly to this WTF1 Talent is a new talent management company that will sign and develop fresh content creators through training, workshops, mentoring, partnerships, and commercialization. So if you're the new generation of content creator covering Formula One and you think you've got a future in the sport, then now is the time to write to WTF1Talent.com. Head over to the website and submit your application and you might even see a few familiar faces over there. Oh, and another small incentive, those that end up on the roster get some special opportunities like co-presenting this very podcast. So I look forward to hosting alongside one or more of you in the future. That's WTF1Talent.com. And now 
back to the show. Yeah, so when, when there's the uh, shakedown, which is usually the Thursday before the rally, um, we always aim to do some practice tyre changes. And usually for the, the steering arm, the toe arm, we, we go to the garage and, and practice that pre-season and then maybe a few times during the season as well. You can change a, a tyre about uh, two hours quicker than I can. So c- congratulations. <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. That's, that's quite impressive. As you were Most going, people don't know how they do they? I don't. I, I, I couldn't do it. I, genuinely, I'd have to flag down an old lady or something to help me out. I wouldn't know what. I wouldn't know where to start. <laughs> yeah i'm the same I, I i really can't do it i, I remember I was, I was with a girlfriend once we broke down i was like you're you're gonna have to change the tie i was on the phone to my dad oh christopher yeah yeah we missed our flight because of that so is she still with you chris no, no, no. <laughs> don't blame her well well done her you're better off out um chris 2019 was a special year for you um take us through your your memories of that year and just explain to people why that was such a special year for you yeah it was it was the toughest year of my life actually because I was really struggling to keep my career going one of my main backers had had pulled out um and had no funding and I was I was getting into debt just to to keep my keep my dream alive and I got myself into the position where I was leading the championship even though I was driving terribly for, for you know for what I can really do um there was two rounds to go so I set up a, a crowdfunding page and and 500 people chipped in to help me get to those last two rallies amazingly and uh yeah I managed to win win the championship in the most in, incredible way on on the very last stage uh both my main rival who was the champion from the year before and, and, and me, we both got punches. Um, but I opted to carry on on, on the rim. The tyre had completely gone, but I, I did 14 miles on the rim. It was wow. going dark, the conditions were terrible. I thought if I stop now, it's definitely over. I thought that because it was foggy and, and, and raining so bad, it'd be a bit of a leveller. Um, but then I got to the end of the stage and another guy had had an amazing time and had jumped me. So I thought, right, that's, you know, that's the end. I've, that's the end of my career. I've lost the championship. I couldn't see any way of getting the funding. Um, but then I was waiting for my rival and he, then I found out he'd also had a puncher, but he'd stopped to change it. 
losing a lot more time than me. Um, and then, yeah, the, we were, we were st- we were in the middle of a forest in the middle of nowhere for for an FIA championship, and not even the FIA we couldn't even get hold of the FIA. They were back in um, Budapest trying to work work out the points, and it took us half an hour to get the word in that we'd won on on points. So it was an insane moment. But just being in that environment, you know, in, in a thunderstorm in the middle of nowhere, it was uh, surreal. Yeah, how I mean, how is it driving a rally car on the rim? <laughs> that must have been. Hey, they're hard enough to drive, aren't they? So, I mean, how was that? That going through that that last stage? I've had so much experience of <laughs> driving on three wheels and stuff. It wasn't that bad. But yeah, it was. Uh, the nerves were were insane. Yeah. And your WRC two at that stage. What what's the difference for the layman? You, I, I mean, I know WRC. And and I, I remember watching WRC loads as I was growing up. You know, this when I think it used to be when it was on terrestrial television, basically before Sky and everyone took took the whole world away from us. Um, sorry, Chris. Um, <laughs> there, there, there's um, there's obviously a difference between the categories. What what are those differences for the layman? The best way I could explain it is um, so in in rallying, Formula One and Formula Two are competing in the same race. So we are competing on the same stages also with all the, the Rally 1 guys. Um, but everyone has a, a two-minute gap between them. So the world champion starts first and then I'll start you know, 20 minutes later or whatever. So there's two-minute gaps between each car, but we're all in the same race. It's just split into two different classes as well. So I have actually finished in the top 10 on on rallies before and have beaten rally one cars. I was going to say, cause it, so presumably there's a power difference. Is there, is that, it, it, what's it? Yeah. There's... Sorry. Yeah. So, so, um, the rally one cars, I think the 500 horsepower now around that our cars are 300, maybe just over 300. Yeah. So it's quite, it's quite yeah. a disparity. So for you to finish top 10 and beat some of those WRC one cars, it, it, that must be a quite, quite embarrassing for the guy in the in the main in the main class. But do, does it make you think I should be there? Like, what? I where is that opportunity coming from? Yeah, exactly. That's that's been my biggest challenge and sort of my biggest frustration this this last year because last year I was for, you know finishing the first privateer, not only in WRC two but in the whole championship really every rally every rally I finished apart from one big crash I had um, and on at some points I was less than a second per kilometer behind the fastest rally one car which is you know ridiculous um, so yeah it's I've just got to keep chipping away and hope that my results will I'll you know I'll get a chance but there's just so few opportunities that at the moment there's a lot of pay drivers so it's it's unbelievably competitive like all all elite sports at the top i guess so I, i've just got to keep chipping away and ch- keep trying to get those top tens and get closer and closer to to that drive so so there's pay drivers that's not just exclusive to single seaters then because obviously pay drivers are up and down the single seater ladders all over the place not necessarily a bad thing because some of the best drivers on the planet have been pay drivers but so that that's a thing as well in the wrc 
Yeah, massively, yeah. Yeah. All my rivals are billionaires or <laughs> um getting if they're not if the families aren't billionaires then they're getting funded by their own federation. So the French Federation put a lot of uh, financial backing into their young drivers. Uh, also the Czech Federation, um, Spain, obviously Finland put a hell of a lot into their drivers. They they pretty much run the sport, the Finnish mafia at the moment. So I'm up against it, but I believe that I've got the talent. So I've just got to keep keep pushing and hopefully, you know, one day I'll get the chance. I was going to say, though, those results must feel good, though, coming in as essentially the underdog, because being a privateer, like you mentioned, your setup, not just when you're on the stage, but off the stage, is going to be considerably different. So being able to go and get a top 10, I mean, tell us a little bit about how different that setup would be uh, in between stages, you know, from what you have compared to what the factory teams have. Yeah, it's it's tough. You know, I'm my last rally was Monte Carlo in January, all my rivals have been out every couple of weeks, either doing a rally or a test. But I've not driven my car since since then. So it's, you know, I, I just turn up with a day's practice and, you know, I've got to win. I've got to fight these these guys who are practicing all the time. So that that's the biggest challenge. The cars are, are uh, I'd say the cars are very similar, but the factory drivers, I think they have, a few extra bits and that's always the way but the main thing is this the seat time and the practice really it's so frustrating i mean I'm, i feel frustrated just listening to you talk about it you know it's, it, it <laughs> seems unjust that you're yeah, doing yeah. so well with the the situation the materials and equipment that you're given that that opportunity must be around the corner what, what about in terms of like you know these factory teams and and the big backing that that comes with is there is there cost caps you know akin to what we have in formula one or is it still a bit more wild west in that regard so in rally one the the testing's limited like like formula one i guess i'm not sure on the rules there but rally two is just it's even worse because there's absolutely no there's no cost cap so I don't know what the the rules are in Formula Two and the other series for you know for you guys know, but, but for Rally Two it's just ridiculous. You could literally do a rally every week, in you know a, a national rally in a. So the the next rally coming up is Croatia, and a load of the guys have just done a rally in Croatia on some of the same stages two weeks before the rally. And it's just it's ridiculous, really. So you're not you're not limited to testing then, because obviously in something like Formula Two, you no limits you, at all. There, there's a, there's a sec, you know, select amount of test days, and you can't do anything other than that. So that's different in in Rally Two then. Yeah, there's, in there's WRC. absolutely no limit. Wow. Okay. That's mental. I didn't know that. So so I c- I could start a team tomorrow and put I don't know two hundred million dollars behind it. Yeah, and my mate down the road could start a team, and he's got he's got a budget of ten million dollars. But you'll compete on the same piece of road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you could you could do it. You could test every day if you want, if you had the money. It's mad. That's mental. It's, it sounds like WRC could learn. I mean, it's not often you say someone could learn something from from Formula One rules and regulations, but it does sound slightly unfair. But um, but makes what you're doing all the more uh, credible. It's amazing. So. Um, 
what 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 does the future hold then you mentioned at the at the top of the, the show um that there's there's a skoda that you want to have you have an older variant of that at the moment what what's the situation around that then how does that look look moving forwards so my aim is to get my hands on this this latest car and um hopefully compete in portugal and sardinia but yeah it's still uh, it's still not 100% um, because th- this car's just come out, and it's a, it's a budget thing again. The, the guys with with massive budgets have got the the first ones, but I'm further down the pecking order because I've not got as much budget, and they know that. So, yeah, it's it's quite a frustrating time at the moment. But I've I've got to keep plugging away, like I said before, and even if this year is a bit disjointed, I've got to keep keep going and. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to find the right people to to get behind me at the moment, which is more of a long term approach. Because I know that I can do it. It's just about finding the right the right team to have around me in, in the background now. Have have you ever had any backing from the guys at Motorsport UK at all? I know they, they run some programmes and stuff. Have you ever done done anything with them uh, in the past are they supportive of of the rally so um i've not they I, to my knowledge they've not supported any drivers financially i've never had any financial support um i used to be supported um they used to provide me with a performance coach so that was in my earlier years that was that was helpful to to have someone to to speak to and to bounce ideas off but yeah that, i think more support's needed obviously yeah that no, sounds like it and when you said you're going to portugal and sardinia is that also to i guess you know demonstrate to the to the bigger factory teams that you know this is what you can do particularly teams like m sport i guess uh is that is that what you're maybe looking to to try and do because Mon- monte carlo seemed like a fantastic performance yeah, yeah, that's the plan. Last year, I had really good feedback from all of the team managers actually in in Rally One, uh, but they they all said that. So so for example, M Sport are backing Otanak, a former world champion, and they're not put they're not backing anyone else. I think everyone else is bringing big money, so I've still got to show a bit more to them. Um, same with Toyota, they're backing a lot of Finnish guys, and yeah, I could do with a few WRC two wins really to to go and really show them. Now that's the plan. Well, touch wood, it comes. Now, um, Chris, we're gonna we're gonna bring you into our our final three questions, which are this week brought to us by our our partners and friends at WTF One Talents. Uh, Chris McCarthy, you want to kick off this week? Yes, so the first question from WTF1 uh, Talent. Uh, what's got you excited uh, at the moment? <sighs> what's got me excited? A lot, really. I, um, I'm dating a girl from Monte Carlo. Hey. That's been really exciting. <laughs> so we're excited about the new girlfriend. That is exciting. Well, touch wood, it continues. And, uh, you know, nice Monte Carlo is a nice place to get married. So keep it going. Um, if not doing what you're doing, what would you be doing? I love film and TV. So, um, yeah, I, I used to study, well, I, I studied film and TV at college and 
I used to love editing rally videos and going out filming and yeah, that was my first my first passion before driving really. So I thought I'd be, you know, get into some kind of film role or directing. Yeah, well, I tell you, I used to do TV and film myself. I, I worked as a assistant director for a couple of years, and yeah, that was yeah, it, it was hard work, but it was really, really good fun as well. But I, it, your knowledge of the motorsport world, I guess, uh, getting into a role in that sense would would really work. I yeah, imagine. definitely. And I've done a little bit of stunt driving, well, yeah, sort of stunt, stunt work and working on bits and bobs. And yeah, I definitely like to get get more into that as well. Uh, a final question. Uh, this might be a hard one to answer, uh, but what are you scared of? Um, failure or not not living up to my full potential. Yeah, it's it's a it's a common it's a common thread I think with racing drivers that particularly when it's it is so to a degree for a lot of racing drivers so hand to mouth. You know, you have to keep performing or or your career could very quickly fail. I think as long as you're giving it your your absolute all every day, though. The, You've got to be kind to yourself as well, because the sport's ruthless and the sport doesn't care about you. So it's uh, yeah, as long as you're giving it everything, then you've got to be proud, haven't you? Yeah, absolutely. There was a driver that we spoke to a little while ago, um, and he he had quite a sort of um, uh, pragmatic way of looking at things, but also quite an, an empathetic way of looking at being a racing driver. And he said. He's basically saying, you know, we're very privileged to do what we do and we're lucky to be able to do it. He said that what's weird about it is that every time you win a race, um, you are shattering the dreams of of your colleagues. You know, when you're not winning, you're just taking another hit on the road down. And, and he's like, it's a weird feeling for me to be a racing driver, knowing how passionate I am about it, to be beating others and shattering their dreams which i thought was quite an, an interesting way of looking at it but it, it is a brutal sport as you say and and it sounds like particularly still in the wrc that's um amplified because of the the rules and regulations and, and the challenges that you face as a as a non-pay driver so um all the best for your future you're clearly doing all the right things and um and hopefully we'll see you in, in the wrc full soon and hopefully you get that skoda that you're after as well and we, we see you on the top step Um, You've had a great career so far. You're still very young and I'm sure it'll continue to go from strength to strength. But for now, Chris, um, until we meet again, thanks for joining us on the Motormouth podcast. Thanks for getting me on and it's been great to meet you both. Thank you so much for listening to the Motormouth podcast. Do make sure you give us a follow on our socials, Twitter at Motormouth underscore, Instagram at Motormouth underscore official and Facebook, just search Motormouth. You can also download the Motormouth app where you can get exclusive video content from MMTV, create your own social profile to interact with other fans and check up on all the latest happenings with whatever motorsport takes your fancy. We're also proud to be supporting the Brain Tumor Charity too, so make sure you check the links in the podcast description to find out how you can help cure brain tumors quicker. Don't forget to like, subscribe and review. And until next time, you've been listening to the Motormouth Podcast.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.